Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So welcome back to the Rich Shields podcast, everybody. The one million subscriber special that's right last week we hit 1 million subscribers on youtube which is incredible so uh gracious so thank you uh a tag that i should have used on the instagram post and i thought about it at the weekend would have been thanks a million nice so that, that would have just been simple and to the point but yeah we're going to talk about uh kind of a little bit the journey how to get there and also what it was like to actually hit a million subscribers i'm your host rick shields i'm here with the producer guy as well and we're actually face to face today for the first time in a long time guys so it's nice to see you talking instead of being on facetime and hopefully the audio levels on this one are much much crisper we've got a nice safe two meters between us with desks we've got little wires um, I've got two drinks, so I've got a, a water and I've got the monster. So once again, we're plugging monster sugar free. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Development in the monster. We did have a commercial director from monster follow us recently. So hold on to your hats, everybody. One day, this podcast might be brought to you by one of our favorite drink suppliers. But in the meantime, do not give them any free adverts. No free adverts on this podcast. water instead. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are actually at the office today. This is the office that we've had for the last few months. We're actually uh, kind of clearing things out today. So um, with lockdown and everything else and the home, home studio and the fact we're out on the golf course filming much more, we don't feel like we need it. We might get one again in the future, but who knows? So we're having a bit of a clear out seen a few things that we've uh, we've not seen for a while we might throw a few little last darts again social distancing accepting accepting is that the right word law abiding social distancing but yeah it's gonna be a fun day it's raining here in manchester today but who cares we're not out filming today we've got a new video going out tonight which you will see about how to hit the golf ball longer certainly with the driver so we've got a busy day um so last thursday no, Wednesday. Last Wednesday was when we officially ticked over as the first ever golf YouTube channel to reach 1 million subscribers. Nice. It was incredible. Now, you might have listened to a few podcasts that only only a number of episodes ago and, and certainly at the start of the year, hitting a million subscribers in 2020 was no guarantee we we put it as a target. We wanted to hit a million subscribers in the year 2020. And uh, we got off to a strong start to the year. But again, there was nothing that was absolute for certain. It was looking like December. 
December, so back end of the year, you know, that's kind of where we're aiming for. If we were to still continue on the same trajectory of 30 to 50,000 new subscribers each month, that's kind of what we were getting. Since lockdown, and obviously the home simulator, that really helped. We got loads of views. We got loads of people interacting with the channel, people kind of maybe bored at home, etc. But it was actually post-lockdown when golf courses started to reopen again. And golf is booming in every element of golf at the moment it is booming and because of that we've seen it enormously in views in the last 28 days we've had 16 million views on the youtube channel 115 million minutes of watch time on the channel which i can't even think about how many years that is i'll try and do the maths now um and also astonishingly whether people were waiting to become the millionth subscriber or whatever it was. I mean, we definitely pushed it a lot harder. We've had over 150,000 new subscribers to the YouTube channel in the last 28 days, which is astonishing. So thank you so much for all the the OG subscribers, all the ones that have been around for for five, six, seven, eight years. Thank you so much. But also massive thanks to the the new wave of subscribers that are finding the content either through coaching, fun videos, Swingless Golf Club, How to Fix Your Slice. Facebook also has been a massive driver towards new subscribers on, on YouTube. Um, and it was incredible. And like I say, considering we were planning to hit it in December, the fact that we hit it at the end of June 2020 is mind-blowing. So thank you so much. Uh, Celebrationary-wise, um, we're all, unfortunately, because we didn't have the office space, and we obviously are staying at home a lot more at the moment, we're all separate, me and the team. So we've got Guy, Harry, and Tim uh, we were all separate, I'm afraid, which was a shame because it would have been nice to grab a beer and grab some food and properly celebrate with a big night out in Manchester. Guy would have been drinking Monster all night. Red Bull, Monster, a concoction of energy drinks. Maybe they had water in there for good measure. Have you ever had Monster and vodka? Um, no. I used to drink, obviously, vodka, um, Red Bull, um, back in the university days, but I found that the next day afterwards, it wasn't even just a hangover. It was like just a horrible sugar. The taste on your teeth was disgusting. But yeah, so unfortunately, we didn't have the chance to actually uh, party and celebrate, which was a shame. I'm sure we will do once kind of lockdown and and restrictions lift a little bit more. We'll have a nice meal out, grab a few drinks, etc. to celebrate. But I was at home. It was about half five p.m. We just released a new video, which really pushed us over the, the, the threshold of a million. Um, a video which a lot of you might have seen where I'm very unsure about my iron choice at the moment. I feel like I made a big mistake with the ping blueprints. So I'm on the journey of looking for some new irons. So um, that video we kind of pushed again. Let's get to a million. And suddenly out of nowhere, we absolutely smashed through that million threshold. I was at home with the kids. Bless Claire. She'd My wife, she'd planned a few little things like uh, party hats and balloons and poppers. And the kids kept telling me happy birthday. (laughs) They had no idea what I was doing. The postman came to the door and the girls were all having like a party. And the postman went, oh, what's happened? And my daughter went, daddy's reached 26,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's what she said. (laughs) Yeah, how random's that? Um, So I I had to sit her down and say, listen, (laughs) one million. Yeah, we might have hit 26,000 this week. (laughs) No, but... (laughs) All um, right. <laughs> we're allowed to boast. I don't do it often, so we're allowed to boast. Um, and we, me and my wife popped some lovely champagne that we'd been uh, we had in the fridge uh, ready for the celebrations. I'll be honest, it tasted disgusting. Really? I just don't like champagne. No. I drink it because 
you know, you drink it for celebrations, don't you? That's see, that's the thing. Obviously, I don't really drink alcohol at all. And I'm convinced that the vast majority of alcohol people don't actually like, they just pretend to. It's nowhere near as nice. Like, be honest now, a cold beer isn't as nice as a nice cold lemonade. You know it's not deep down. It's just like the... And then when you're on holiday... No, the, beer, the beer's different. No, but you go on holiday and it's like half five in the morning at Manchester Airport. People are drinking pint after pint of beer. I must admit, that, like, that's... Ugh, yeah, that's... I feel sick. I do it because it's the, the done thing, but I must admit, that's possibly not that nice. I do like... I like the feeling after a beer. Like, one beer, I like the feeling. But even, would, even two beers, I, I just like that. Ooh, I'm a little bit, you know, different. <laughs> A little bit different. And then five beers in. I can't remember my own name. No, I'm joking. Um, yes, yeah, so we had a, a bottle of champagne. It, like I say, it was, a, it was a very nice one, but it wasn't particularly very nice. We just pretended to like it. Um, and then the kids were a nightmare, putting them to bed. They were screaming, shouting. And unfortunately... Living the dream, I know. Richard. Well, it was. It was. We were hoping to have this... I had this dream in my, in my you know, million. I'd be on a yacht in Monte Carlo helicopter ride there and everything else but nope reality struck and i was changing jude's bum and putting the girls to bed and they were screaming they're being a nightmare and we ended up ordering domino pizza at 10 p.m at night rock and bloody roll that's another thing i've said this to you before i'm against dominoes because it's ludicrously expensive it's ridiculous a pizza if i if i i like um, a chicago town pizza and i get the stuffed crust with tomato stuffed crust it's about three quid in Tesco. Takes 25 minutes in the oven. So there's literally no manpower required. Lash it in the oven. 25 minutes later, it's done. I weirdly like it more on the burnt side. So not obviously burnt, but really crispy and quite like overly done. Well done. That's three quid. I'm happy with that. You order a Domino's. It's literally about 35 quid. You get a couple of nuggets. Not nuggets. What they call wedges still on the side. The wedges are Scatty terrible. cold wedges. And you oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, it was expensive. They have Domino's in America, obviously. obviously don't they? Yeah, but like, also, how much is it? I'm guessing is it expensive in America? Uh, I guess it's it probably. They have loads of offers on, but I ordered it. A while, saying that I ordered it a while ago, and I get texts every Tuesday now, Tuesday, Tuesday. Um, I think it's a block Domino's. But having said that, if Domino's wants to sponsor the podcast, reach out to podcast@rickshields.com um, because I've always been a fan of Domino's. I do quite enjoy and partial to a Domino's. <laughs> and if we can get some free ones each each week, that'd Absolutely. be a massive blessing. Um, yeah. I mean, so anyway, rock and roll, and then the next day we we recorded a really fun video, which we actually turned around super quick for you guys to enjoy the the challenge of me playing golf left-handed. My brother commented on your left-handed swing actually this weekend. He said you swing it really well left-handed. Thanks. So um, I must admit, praise for <clears> you. It was uh, it, it was a weird one. So we we actually got it as a recommendation on Twitter. We were talking about what should we do for a million subscriber video, and. Uh, internally we had quite a lot of conversations about the million video what's it going to be is it going to be this emotional walk down memory lane and a montage of all the clips going back eight years over 2,000 videos over 265 million views i don't know why i had to get that was your dream that was just a boast on it um this walk down memory lane this lovely clips of going to trafford golf center and lovely clips of going to lytham golf academy and prairie sports village and hand in hand with peter finch walking down the fairways and that was the that was the dream potentially and i said rick Nobody wants to watch that. <laughs> and you were right. <laughs> you were dead left-handed. <laughs> and you were dead right. So we wanted to obviously do a massive giveaway, which, by the way, if you've not entered yet, there is still time to enter. enter. It's going to be running until the end of July, where it's the possibility to win one of two full sets of golf clubs of your choice. Whatever golf clubs you want, I will get them for you uh, anywhere around the world. Um, and that competition ends 
at the end of July. You have to be a subscriber to the YouTube channel. You've got to like the video. You've got to leave a comment with the quote at the end, win clubs. Uh, we've had nearly 90,000 entries, so good luck at winning. I kind of thought, I mean, you, in theory, you've got a one in million chance, but only 90,000 people have commented, so you've good got odds. one in 90,000 chance. And there's two sets up for grabs. So you've got a one in 45,000 chance then, if there's two sets. Well, then the other side, even even more of a chance because the other prize is is to win, and this is, again, there's two days available for this for two different people, a full day with me. You meet in the breakfast, meet in the morning, we have a bit of breakfast, sit down, chat about you, chat about golf, chat about YouTube, a morning spent of golf coaching then and working on your game. This is just you and me, private session, really nice, obviously, social distancing, hopefully everything's safe etc when when we come to plan it and do it whatever grab some lunch probably not a beer at lunchtime i think that'd be too early in the day because then in the afternoon we're going to play a golf course in the northwest of your choice and there's golf course in the northwest that are phenomenal so places like royal burtdale royal litham hoy lake royal um st Anne's old links um uh i'm trying to think <laughs> Hillside, one. I, don't I wasn't listening then, I was drifting off, I was on my phone. Hillside. Um, There's loads of great golf say courses, West Lanks, Formby, Formby Ladies, Formby Hall, wherever you want to play. Um, you know, if we, if you want to go and play Marriott Worsley Park, where I do a lot of filming, there's loads and loads of options to play. So uh, that's up for two separate people. Um, if you want to go and play Flixton, nine hole of Flixton in Manchester, let's do it. Whatever you want to do. And that, again, is for two people two separate days two separate people um and again you've got to be a subscriber to the youtube channel like the video leave a comment down below and it's a day with rick um so those prizes are up for grabs but also in that video we decided to not only unbox the gold plaque which you get from youtube which by the way we've actually had for about a week and a half because i've got a decent night really nice relationship with uh, the team at youtube and they actually sh- express shipped the plaque over which is amazing it's absolutely gorgeous massive big gold plaque with a big play button on it rick shields golf surpasses one million subscribers i was just giggling because if you saw this i got um well and truly done what's the um i, I nibbled to a big i saw it you see it on facebook so I, I put a nice picture of me holding the plaque on my own personal facebook and a friend of mine who is uh quite the banter man Quite the dry sense of humour. <laughs> the banter, man. One of the one of the lads. He um he commented and put, "I feel like you've made that certificate yourself." So I put certificate, laughing face. It's a gold. I, I meant to put gold plaque and put golf plaque. So I kind of got that wrong as well because of my autocorrect. But I put it's a gold plaque from YouTube. I needed a little fish, like fishing thing, and put you should have known better. So I was stitched up with that royally, Rick. That's the kind of the witty banter that I... On the weekends when you're Your, with your dominoes and your champagne, I'm just... That's the kind of thing I'm up to. Pure banter with your mates on Facebook. And when was the last time you saw that mate on Facebook? Ages ago. But he's, okay. uh, he does block paving and I could do with my drive doing soon. So I want to keep him sweet. That's why I replied back. <laughs> really, I was thinking, no. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in that video is again... Like I said, we unboxed the plaque and it was amazing. It's going to be hung in the garage. I can't wait for that. Um, that was supposed to be a plan over the weekend, but I didn't do it. And then uh, we continued to make a fool of myself and play golf left-handed. Mm-hmm. In all seriousness, how do you think I did? How do you think I could improve? And do you think I could 
dramatically improved my score. I think aesthetically, your swing genuinely looks really good. Like right. for me, when I try and swing left-handed, it's something I just don't obviously ever do or ever practice. It literally feels like well, I quite like doing it occasionally when I do do it, which again is very rare because it makes me realise how hard swinging a golf club actually is. Um, so I can't swing it. So to look at your swing, which actually looks pretty neat, just looks it just looks kind of like quite a simple, quite a nice, elegant, well, not elegant, but nice swing. There's actually more. There's some faults in my right-handed swing which i don't do left-handed didn't flap open the face i don't open the face i don't get too high with my hands yeah. i don't get so far in the inside i actually swing a little bit over the top like a lot of my left-handed um characteristics i would actually like to transfer over, over to right-handed i think what was weird about it was this is what you see with a lot of golfers of certainly higher handicaps like that hole where you smash that driver and then you know you got a well you came up with a part you went smash driver i can't believe that hole that was, i've like watched that hole foot. about 10 times i love that yeah well, that was that was just a perfect par. But then, equally, you could stand there and maybe not miss the ball, which hit it horrendously. So it's that almost un, the unknown. And I think obviously that just comes with time and practice. You're clearly not going to practice left-handed because there's not much point really to do any more videos on that. People want to see it. Maybe we'll do it again, but I don't think we will. Do it for the two million special. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do it original specials coming to you soon. Um, yeah, it was it was that drive. Honestly, we'll go down as one of my favourite golf shots I've ever hit, that drive on 15. It's a good hit. Just because it was so... I mean, like I say, for a random shot, I've hit a million times better shots than that. But for the fact it was left-handed and I made great connection, it went 200-odd yards. You think it actually went further than 220, didn't you? It was because it was one of those where it was a bit of a downhill lie. And once it hit the fairway, it was rolling. You know, it rolls for like a ludicrous amount of time yeah. where you think this is going to stop any second and it doesn't. So I reckon it went... Probably two fifty or something. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. It. And like I say, I just got off to a horrendous start. It was tricky because genuinely we got to the golf course quite kind of last minute. To, to some regards, it was still early in the morning, but at the moment because golf courses are so busy, we have, we're needing to use the back nine and get out early. Because, you know, just so we don't inter- interrupt with anybody's game, understandably, because let's say golf is booming at the moment, and we got there a little bit kind of on on the minute really, and. Um, it meant I couldn't really hit any warm-up shots, and I, and I wanted to hit some warm-up shots, but the nets, because of you know the virus, etc., was actually closed because of uh, safety concerns or whatever it may be, so I, I didn't anticipate that. So I literally hit two putts on the putting green and went straight to the first tee, or the 10th tee, which is the one we, excuse me, which is the hole we started on, um, and just got off to a stinking start on 10 and 11, and 12 wasn't much better. If I could have those three holes again, I could comfortably break 50. I honestly think, like I say, I'm not going to spend loads and loads of time practicing it, but I think if you gave me a month to practice, I would break 90 left-handed. Yeah. Yeah, I think you probably would. Because I can chip and put left-handed. I was better chipping left-handed. Chipping look more confident. Putting is, <laughs> I think, it's putting quite easily the wrong way in it. It's not as easy, clearly. The only thing I just didn't easy. do, yeah. I think right-handed, I would have spent much more time lining it up and reading the putt. Mm. And I didn't spend as much time reading it or lining it up just because I felt like I had less of a chance left-handed, which is wrong. And again, it was it was really interesting for me because it made me feel like I was a beginner again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the videos that I do, certainly for Facebook, these really short, snappy videos, like it made me remember what it's like yeah. to to be new to golf again and the challenges. Like I said it in the video, there were so many times I stood over the ball thinking, I don't know where this golf ball is going to go. 
like I don't know if it's going to go in the trees. I don't know if it's going to go left or right or I'm going to miss it or whatever, which was such a weird feeling. And it reminds me of not only <clears throat> that was me just not really thinking about technique, if I'm honest, because I, 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 my technique was okay. But if you think about technique plus all these negative thoughts that, you know, yeah. no wonder, you know, golfers can get into a bit of a pickle. Golf is hard. Correct. It is indeed. Um, Rick, you remember last week, and hopefully the listeners will remember from last week, we started a new feature called What's in the Bag. Now, if you missed that, it wasn't necessarily What's in the Bag, I've got a Cobra driver, Titus Dines, etc. It was something that's in your golf bag that is weird or interesting or something that a playing partner has had in a golf bag that is weird or unique. And I think we've arguably had already in its first week the best ever thing we're ever going to have. Go on. Hit so me. It, it's not necessarily a, a funny one, but it's a really nice one. It's from Johnny. And he says, what's in the bag? The title of the email is, what's in the bag? It's been there for 47 years. Whoa. Says, Hi, Rick and I hope guy. it's not a banana. No. <laughs> yeah. It's Hi, Rick and Guy. We'll listen to you guys. Definitely made the lockdown a bit more bearable. Thanks. In my bag is this glove. Now, it's attached a picture to it, which I'm going to show you, Rick, at the end. Maybe we'll share it on the podcast page as well um, on Facebook. He says, my old man introduced me to golf in 1971 as a junior at his club in Cav- Cavendish, in Buxton, Derbyshire. He died in 1994, but I carried on with the golf thanks to him. He always played in these gloves attached in the 1970s, I think. No idea what make it is, do you know? And I don't know, but anyway, we'll show you in a sec, Rick. We'll put it on the podcast group on Facebook. Um, so I kept it in my bag as a good luck charm and to remind me not to lose my rag, my temper, as often as he did. Um, don't throw your putter in the pond, etc. It's always there, even though I don't use it, and I can't buy a beer with it, etc. It's outlasted every ball, every club, every tee, every shoe, every bag, every trolley I've ever owned. Keep going with the great content. Do you want to see the glove? I so do. it's been there for 47 years. Look at that. Wow. Now, he's not had, he's not said whether he keeps it in like plastic or not, but that looks pretty decent, that doesn't it? That is gorgeous. It's got a... a so describe it to the to the listeners. Obviously, it's old. <laughs> um, it's kind of gone a little bit yellow, but actually... Not crispy, though, has no, it, really? If you actually look at some old gloves, they actually used to be finished like that, yeah. like a bit yellowy. That, that might not have been a white foot. A white... I just said white foot, because if you see his feet... His feet are hanging out the bottom of the picture. Yeah, his feet's not particularly the nicest things in the bottom of the picture. Um, but it's like got this kind of yellow tint to it, which honestly, I think gloves, leather gloves did have on them. It's got on the... Um, on the Velcro strap that you put across, like a it's like an eagle or something, it's like an eagle, and and what would be known as a, a somewhat of an American USA um, sign. It's not an American flag because it's only got three white stars on a blue strip with one, two, three, five uh, red lines. It almost looks more like a an army badge or a navy badge in-depth. or uh, <laughs> something like that. That's awesome. But we're, like I said, we'll share that on the um, the Facebook page. If you're not following that, you're not part of that. If you go onto Facebook, if you use Facebook and search for the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast group, you will find it. We've got 23,000 members in there now, so it's getting um, getting good. It's probably getting Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Too full. It's, it, maybe we'll cap it at 25K. So if you're not in already, come and jump over. Um, <laughs> if you've got any interest in what's in the bags... Let us know. Email. It's um, podcast at rickshields.com. We're looking for things that are with a good little story, something unique, something different. Um, because, obviously, if you remember my story of the Lucky Volcano, that was not the best start. Okay. That, that glove was... That was up there. That, I'm going to give that one a 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I can go with that. So, if you've got a good. 9, or you've seen a 9, let us know, and you'll get rid of that on the show. And... A, a tens, a tens possible. I mean, would ten need to be like a a fully clover wrapped up in a in a from nineteen fifty one that was given to you by Jack Nicholas? Okay, oh, oh, okay. That is a. No, I think a ten to get a ten. Maybe you should send us a video as well somehow, Ooh. so we can actually we can talk us through it, and we we'll maybe can insert the video into the podcast somehow. I don't know, but let us know. I like that. Um, so another feature for this week, not really a feature as such, but. We were struggling what to talk about. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but we we put again on the Facebook group, Ask Rick. So I don't know if you've seen these. There's a lot, there's a hundred odd comments. I just closed the comments off because I thought there's no point in people commenting like now when they won't get those asked. So there's a lot on here. Um, I'm just going to shoot some at you. Some of you've probably had them asked before, but what's the best golf course you've ever played? That's from Connor. Um, the best golf course, in fact, give me one second. The best golf course I've ever played, um, and I've not played it for a number of years, but there's a possibility, in fact, in the very, very near future, I might be going playing there again with a good friend of mine who I've met just recently over the weekend, Scott Cowie, uh, big shout out to Scott, is Trump International in Aberdeen. And no, that's not everybody's favorite choice with having the Trump name to it, but it is a phenomenal golf course and uh look really looking forward to hopefully playing there with scott in a few weeks so it's going to be really exciting what i like about that golf course is well so many things i like the fact that each hole feels like its own amphitheater Mm -hmm. and you don't see any of the other holes until you basically walk out onto the tee it's quite astonishing so that's right up there um that i would still probably rank that as number one like say after I'd, I've not played it for five years, and after I play it again in a couple of weeks, I will talk about it on the podcast and let you know if my my thoughts have changed, whether it's still as good or whether I was um, a little bit high of of golf in Scotland. Because the week I played Trump International, it was an amazing week. The weather was phenomenal. It was July five years ago. 
six years ago, sorry, six years ago it was, and I'd played uh, Carnoustie, I'd played um, Renaissance, I'd played Trump International, and then the very next day I played Loch Lomond, um, <clears throat> weirdly with David Moyes. I remember you saying that. Was it not Alex Ferguson there? Alex as well Ferguson was in the group, but not, not in my group. So anyway, long story short, it was a phenomenal um, week. But Trump International really did stand out as being one of my favourite places I've ever been to. Good answer, Rick. Thanks. This one now, I literally want... This is the weirdest question I've ever seen, and it's from James. Um, he's got the conversation starter badge next to his name, so he must be quite active in the group, which is good to see. I literally want this to be a one-word answer, though. Okay. If you had the choice between another hole in one or a fourth child, which one? Wow. <laughs> hole in one. <laughs> the choice is there for a fourth child, um, hopefully. I like how it was quite random, though, like a hole in one. If you said like a hole in one or shoot a certain score yeah. or something. A hole in one or, or a double child. eagle or something. Yeah. I th- Did you say double eagle then? Yeah. Albatross. Yeah, is that what you oh, sorry. Oh, wow. Albatross, wow. That that eagle on that glove threw me. <laughs> um, I said that very quickly, but yeah, holding one because three kids is a lot. I feel like this is far too personal to be talking on the podcast. But anyway, I think holding one. It'd be surprised if uh, a fourth kid is on the horizon. It's quite a good question from Colin. It sounds a bit weird at the start, but we'll have to clarify. It says, Guy and Rick, when did you two get together? <laughs> and for Rick alone... How soon after starting the vlogs, etc., did company start sending you equipment to review? When did we start? When did we first meet Guy? I, rem- I, I can't remember. I, I've said this in the podcast before. I remember, the, I remember I went at Trafford Golf Centre in American Golf while I was at university on a Saturday or Sunday, earning a few quid, selling Yonix clubs like there's no tomorrow because they were a really good commission. If you came in for a Wilson Deep Red, pack- deep red Package set, I was your mate because I got about five for selling them. Um, is that right? Five? Yeah, up? it was about five for selling a Deep Red Package set. Yonix clubs you got loads for. Um, if someone came in with like a grand and bought a Yonix set with graphite shafts, you were um, you were getting a McDonald's for lunch. Let's put it that way. Would you say you you were incentivized to sell? Very much. Well, it, it literally was at the time. <laughs> Not this isn't about American golf now. But no idea. How, in fact, I'm quite pretty sure they get no commission based on what they sell now. To be fair, but I, I don't know. But when I worked there, there was different levels of incentive. So I think it was you got six percent of the profit margin on stuff that was high and at high profit. So, for example, there was Wilson Deep Red, there was a Nicholas brand, there was Yonix, there was a putter brand called Fisher, if you remember, then they had these soft inserts. And essentially, if you sold those, you're making quite a lot of money. Um, And it it was tough, actually, because if a customer came in, I never wanted to tell anyone something that wasn't right for them, clearly, because that's just not fair. And I wouldn't, for the sake of making four or five quid, it's not nice that someone's spending money on something, you'd rip them off to do so. So I would never do it that way, but if a customer came in for an Odyssey putter, let's just say, at 150 quid, and there was a Fisher putter for 100 quid, I'd put it put it in the hands and say, have a try this as well, because some of it was decent stuff. Anyway, that's a bit off a tangent. Um, so I met you in 2011, I think, didn't I? I think that's when that was. And then I started working with you in October 2017. But we'd obviously been in touch all that time. I obviously worked for Nike. You were you know, sponsored by Nike, so we kept in touch then. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I remember something. The, the one thing that stood out to me was at at Trafford, when I was still coaching at Trafford, like I say, it was kind of... When did you leave Trafford? What was the year you left? Um, it was at the end of 2013. Yeah, so I, I in 13 is when I started to dabble in YouTube. A little bit of 2012, but certainly more in 2013, and it really started to kick on in 2014. 
But in 2013, when I started making videos and started to do uh, YouTube, certain some of the coaching stuff, I remember it had mixed feelings from certain people I'd speak to. You know, there was a lot of people I'd speak to go, why the hell are you bothered doing this? Like, what's the point? Why are you spending so much time, so much effort, you know, so much time editing, filming? Like, what's the reason for it? And I knew the reason because the idea was to put my name out there so I could get more lessons. That was the whole reason. But I always remember you really taking a, a shining and an interest in it from a different angle. You were like, I watch YouTube. I'm really, I'm into YouTube and this mm-hmm. is really fascinating. And I remember us having talks about YouTube. And not only that, I felt like we were very much on the same wavelength with things like mobile phones. Yeah, yeah. So like, I always wanted to have the new latest Apple mobile, Apple uh, iPhone. And <clears throat> you'd be one of the first people I'd want to show it. Even though we didn't work directly together, you would always be quite interested in in. Um, technology, golf, YouTube, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we kind of had a natural kind of uh, rapport. We were never, we never went out or no, dead no. like good friends, but as from a working environment, it worked really nicely. And like I say, when you left in two thousand and four, thirteen, and moved to Nike, we still had a relationship before I was signed with Nike mm-hmm. because things like um, products, yeah, yeah. and it brings us on to another point in a, in a minute about getting products because you were one of the instrumental um characters in my first journey of trying to get product because it wasn't bloody easy at first it really wasn't and i I get it i understand it when i first wanted to get product i had to maybe go to the american golf store and either nudge you or uh, there's another guy in there called mike linfield or uh, there's a few others kind of sean who i had like connections with who i could say listen let me borrow that driver mm-hmm. for half an hour. I'll bring it back. I won't scratch it. And I did a re- review on it, basically. And uh, it kind of worked out quite nicely. They, w- they were happy to do that. Um, and then I think the very, very first brands that started to reach out to me were um, brands like TaylorMade and Callaway who had seen the reviews and gone, we noticed that actually the product you're using hasn't been fitted for you. Can we offer you a fitting? And therefore, once we've fitted you, can we give you the product to test, et cetera, et cetera. So it kind of it helped um those guys in the fact that they were getting the right equipment into my hands rather than me just picking it off the shelf but you also with nike that was also happen with you where nike were a bit more funny with equipment it wasn't as easily available to review but we would be in contact and you would come along and give me the fitting cart because you was a fitter at the time weren't you yeah so that was the thing for nike and a lot of the brands and still to this day i suppose but they obviously nike were very keen on letting you have the product but they wanted to make sure you had the right product um, and I think for Nike, possibly even more than anybody, it was quite their hardware, the drivers in particular, they weren't, and they, they never probably were, seen in the same light as your Callaways, your Pings, your TaylorMades, etc., your Titleists. So I think if they had any eyeballs on the product and people talking about the product, they wanted to make sure that it was as, as good for you as it could be. So actually, if you ever, if you look at the your review of the Nike Vapor product, the black with the va- with the vault color on it, at the start of the video, you say, yeah. Uh, Thanks to the Nike Golf Guru guy for fitting me. Oh, I'll say. Yeah, and I'm fitting back. Because I remember the time, <clears throat> sorry, I remember the time um, watching it back like a week or so later and all my fitting kit was in the back because I left it with you and I went and signed yeah, it yeah, that's right. or something. Because that was one of the things that I always wanted to do and I, I've still to this day, even if brands did come with a fitter or whatever, they would give me the, the products or fit me out and then I'd, a- I'd ask them to leave. Like, I had one bad experience at Titleist one time where there was loads of fitters around where I was doing my review and I kind of stopped middle of the review and just went I'm sorry guys I can't do this with yeah. you all stood around like this is this is very awkward 
and they understood that and I ended up taking the product away with me and reviewing. Um, so yeah, TaylorMade were really key early on it. Um, I remember Jess, who worked at TaylorMade, taught me the first, uh, taught me the word embargo. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the word embargo meant. It, you know, it, it's a, uh, it's when something's under contract not to be disclosed, etc. I had no idea what that meant. And then Callaway were fast on board and, and Titleist and Ping and everyone else. So like the brands have, have always worked well with us. Um, obviously, they want eyeballs on the products and we want the products. So it kind of works and they don't tell us what to say. And I get to review it, keep the product and um, take it from there, really. Did that answer everything? Um, I think it did. And then just on the last point of that, the next one of the next time I remember us really talking about it was Nike Day when we went to London Town yes. when I interviewed Jason Day and Rory McElroy. Yeah. And you were one of the key instrumental Nike they didn't call you gurus. What did they call you? Eakins. E- well, yeah. So my, my role started as a technical representative, which was essentially a custom fitter. And then obviously when they stopped making clubs, it went to Eakin, which is Eakin is the word Nike backwards. Um, and the idea was that the E-I-K-E. E-K-I-N. Yeah, sorry. E-I-K-N. No, E-K-I-N. E-K-I-N. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's Nike backwards, Rick. Um, The idea with that role was that you know Nike inside out and back to front, so your knowledge on the product is meant to be better than anybody's, and you go around stores, training the people on footwear. I weirdly actually probably preferred that role more than fitting golf clubs because sometimes when when you fit a golf club for somebody, they're oft, and I understand this, they're expecting better than what they've got. And sometimes that's really easy. If someone comes up to you and they've got a 10-year-old tailor-made driver in eight degrees of loft with a steel shaft, something stupid, then clearly a, a modern-day Nike driver at the time would outperform it. But if somebody had a, a two-year-old ping that was fitted, it was very hard to get anything. And, and luckily for me, my role was never to sell product. It was just a fit product. But still, you want to beat what people have got, and you couldn't always do that. And that was quite tough. Whereas when you went into shops that sold the product and trained them on the product, whether it be footwear, all the clubs, to be fair, staff were normally excited to see you because it was. A, you sh- I often used to go to stores and show them the product before it was released. So they'd see all the new Nike gear a month before the public did. So they were dead engaged, dead excited to see it. Obviously, some had good opinions, some had bad opinions. But that was real. That was a, that was cool doing that. Um, I don't know why I got on that just then. Um, it's when we when we first met again at. Eakin, oh yeah, you, so, you so now I went to that London event that you obviously you're talking in about. In fact, sorry, just rewind one step for that. Was it the same year we met in Abu Dhabi again? Yes, that was, I mean that over the years, like say we when I first when I originally signed with Nike, um, you were one of the key instrumental people in. You know, mm, I'll never forget. I came and brought your book. You've never read. Oh yeah, I actually went and got that. I got I got bought Rick the uh, the Phil Knight book called Shoe Dog, who is the yeah, creator maybe don't of Nike. Tell Phil. I am, yeah, and he's still never read it. But if it comes out in audio book, book, I'll listen it's to it. Probably, it's actually a really good book. And um, another time was when um, I needed some new clothing. You actually met us at Clubhouse oh, Golf yeah. just around the corner. By the, you were ripped yeah, at that I was point. Then. Like, you were, you were a beast. Um, <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I'm a worm. <laughs> so we got kicked out with some Nike gear then. And then, we, again, we, we, we bumped into each other again in Abu Dhabi. Um, just jet-setting, just casually jet-setting. A couple of cans of Monster, cold on ice. Rick had his champagne, didn't like it, pretended he did. That'll... A domino shipped over from the yeah. UK. And then, um, and then, oddly enough, Guy mentioned that potentially... He might be moving out of Nike. I'll tell you this full story, Rick. 
So I got told <laughs> that I was getting made redundant from Nike because they were... Um, I, well, Nike started making clubs and I stayed there for another year afterwards, which was really good, as I said. And then basically the whole UK golf department were getting made redundant. But I was quite fortunate because I was really young still. I was like 26, let's say. And... Um, I knew that I was going to get another job. I didn't have a mortgage at the time, so I was quite lucky that, you know what, if I lost my job, it's obviously upsetting, but it's not actually detrimental. It's not like I've got family and children or whatever. So I texted you to say, Rick, uh, I've just done a tweet to say that I'm looking for another job in the golf industry. If you mind just sharing it for me, because you've got a good following. You know, I've helped you out before, mate. <laughs> Absolutely ghosted me. Nothing, not a sausage. Did I? Yeah, that you did. Wow. And a day later, then you said, oh, actually, I've not done that, because I want to ask you about... Maybe I'm looking See? for somebody. That's yeah, exactly. Why I, no, it. I know it's. I know. Um, and we met at the Trafford Centre. You uh, wooed me with an offer I couldn't refuse, and then I started with you. Literally, I finished at Nike. I think on the let's say the 28th of September, which is about my birthday, and I started with you on the first of October, second of October. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, like I said, that's been coming up to three years now, which has been amazing. Massively helped the the channel with ideas and content and. Um, just all around a lot of the stuff that you see behind the scenes I mentioned it a little bit in the in the uh, 1 million video but Guy is instrumental in a lot of that work and setting up the podcast and getting all the podcast emails and stuff so um, I know I've thanked you personally but thank you so much thank again you, for doing all so. that and also with Tim who's who's been my editor for the last kind of 6-7 years phenomenal um, editor really does his you know knows his stuff and again puts a lot of the, the Timmy sprinkle on the videos and that's pretty much everyone, isn't it, Guy? I don't think there's anyone it's, else. It's everyone that's been instrumental in getting to the million, yeah. <laughs> Currently, we have sat in the room. This young kid. Our latest addition, Mr. Harry Brody, who started with us. When did you start, Harry? October. October's the, the month of recruitment. Um, Harry started with us in October to really kind of help with the editing. He came on as, as a junior role, but he has absolutely smashed it like he has un friggin believable thanks pal he's chuffed he is and today he's coming <laughs> with some airpods as well so he's finally joined the crew have you bought some airpods yeah. well, that's what you've done with your bonus <laughs> <laughs> um no he, he honestly smashed it and like i say now we Last year, we were very much on this mission of trying to make the videos better. This this year, and we've continued it so far, we're making the videos better, but we're making more of them. Um, with Facebook and YouTube, and obviously Harry, Tim, Guy have been unbelievably instrumental in that, and and hopefully you guys appreciate it. And like I say, I give him a shout-out on the, the video, but really I wanted to give him a proper shout-out in this as well. Um, a lot goes on behind the scenes. Um, we've got anything else to talk about? We had other questions, but I mean, that, how, how far in are we here? Because that's two questions. 40 minutes, believe it or not. Is it a short and sweet one, or are we carrying on? Well, our, our sponsors uh, say that we have to at least get over 43 minutes. Okay. I'm going to shout our sponsor out then. Um, well, we haven't done this week. I'll to... just leave a space gap. If you'd like to sponsor the Rickshaws podcast, this is where your advert could go. Yeah, that, that works. Zzz. We have got um, loads of good emails. We had an amazing email. I haven't had a chance to show you yet, but I want to show it you before we read it out. Um, from well, I'll tell you, In fact, no, I will. It's from a guy called David. And I'll just show you, Rick, how long the email was. Well, that'll definitely... Oh, my goodness. So, it was, it was literally... That was... I know you can't see that. That was about five good scrolls of my thumb. And my yeah. thumb is really good at scrolling. Yeah, that's on so, the phone. <clears throat> um, five, five downward scrolls. Yeah. 
and it's from a guy called Dave Lacey. And even his, his, he ends it with a fan for life, Dave Lacey, and it's him and his son. And basically, long story short, Rick, I will get you to read this at some point because I said I replied and said that I would because it was so good. But basically, his son started playing golf um, quite recently, and and David never played golf. He'd played every other sport under the sun, and he was quite surprised that not not in a bad way, but surprised his son chose golf when obviously he'd played so many other sports. But long story short, they've they've got into your videos, they've got playing together. And I think that was actually the picture was when they first went out together to play golf, which is a really good picture. Um, so I look at that. Oh, very but nice. We'll, we'll how, maybe, old is, how old is his son, did you say? eight, I believe. Is he seven or eight? He was young. He looks about uh, that Yeah, age. he was eight. I mean, I'll go into it in more depth next week because we have obviously got Listener of the Week. Um, we've got Nightmare Golf Shots. And we want to keep seeing people or hearing people's what's in the bags as well. So any of those that you want to feature on, make sure you email us, podcast at rickshields.com. Next week will be a bit more structured to it. We will have all those in place. Um, because I couldn't be bothered this weekend, Rick. To be honest with you, doing that, I'll, I'll tell the truth. Well, we we're recording it on the Tuesday because we had we had yesterday off as a little bit of a of a celebrationary day off, and it absolutely chucked it down all day. It was a bit of a minging day, so um, we couldn't be bothered doing the podcast yesterday. And we've come into the office today, and we're about to clear it out. And like I say, forty odd minutes is good time for today. Um, it's a six out of ten podcast. Uh, Next week, I, we'll come I back. like this podcast. Well, you know why? Because it was all about me. Yeah, exactly. If you ask Rick a question. Rick, um, would you prefer probably on a TP5? Well, what happened was, when I started playing off at Hart Common, my mum was the uh, lady captain, and I started playing golf. Never played golf before, right? <laughs> In fact, I, forgot, I, I took the girls to Hart Common this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. I went, we went to the driving range. Um, it was chucking it down. It was packed. I could not believe how busy it was. And they were very, very well behaved. I took my five-year-old and my three-year-old, and we went down. They've got little pink golf clubs now. Um, they're not great yet. They, you know, they're very, very new. I feel like sometimes if some someone someone went, they're your kids. They're terrible. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like this, this must be your kids. Um, but they're going to get there. They're slow, taking slower steps. I don't want to. I'm not pushing them into it. I'm just letting them kind of do what they do. And bless, um, bumped into um, a friend of mine, Sienna Sienna Smallman, one of the junior. Uh, Junior's there. She's a junior there and at Hillside. They were playing a junior competition and blessed. There was a little lad there called Callum. And I was done on the 10th tee and all the way down the ninth fairway, I could hear him say, is that Rick Shields? Is that Rick Shields? Mm-hmm. And he came up and, and got a, a kind of a social distancing autograph. And a, I don't think he took a picture actually in the end. an autograph? Yeah, no, on a scorecard. Cool. And uh, he stood there and hit an amazing tee shot down the 10th. All credit to him. And he turned around to me and went, I've never been as nervous in my life. And this kid's like 11 or 12. So it was amazing to see. So guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you review it on podcast, Spotify, whatever you do. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Share the podcast. Make sure you get more people listening to it. If we want to bring Monster into the party, we've got to be getting more listeners, basically. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, Rich, fancy uh, Domino's. Domino's to celebrate 1 million subscribers. Thanks for listening, everyone. Peace out. Have a great week. And we shall see you next week with another action-packed, above-average podcast. We'll see you soon.